Hi, and I'd like to welcome you to yet another series of Music with a Twist, a dive deep series. And we're actually going to be diving deeper with sync licensing. Uh, today, our guest is Mr. Lionel Lodge. He's actually the CEO of Sync Lodge. Mr. Lodge has been in the sync licensing business for over 40 years in the music entertainment. And he has been involved with a diverse spectrum of the industry as a creative, as well as a music business manager. This includes running a live music venue, a live music agency, being a senior editor and co-publisher of an entertainment uh, magazine. He is also a managing sync licensing agency and he currently holds the position of a CEO of Sync Lodge, the sync licensing project management ecosystem. And being on the board of directors for the AIFAR, the International Associations for Artists and Rights Holders. On the creative side, Lionel has played thousands of shows in many countries, written hundreds of songs, wow, and co-written many more. He has produced albums, engineered recordings, arranged music, and has 12 albums released under his name. Now his wonderful company, Sync Lodge, is a sync licensing project management ecosystem with the core focus on the needs of music supervisors, visual production companies, and their teams. And it is not a marketing place or an agency, but it is in fact a class global ecosystem for the sync industry. Now it offers a portal for each sector of the industry to work together on sync projects. Now with tools specifically designed to bring ease and clarity to sync licensing. Now I'm gonna let Lionel talk a little bit more about himself and sync licensing and exactly what he does. So welcome again, Lionel Lodge. <laughs> hello, hello, Lindera. Hi, very nice, very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, yes, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Um, sync licensing, yes, yes. It's a, it's a highly complicated uh, industry, part of the, the entertainment industry. It, it has been around for decades. And you know, it started with uh, silent movies with a person sitting in the theater playing the piano along with the movie. That, that was the first bits of sync licensing. It's evolved dramatically over the decades. A few decades ago, it wasn't cool. Now it's very cool. Now it's really sought after and looked for, and it's, it's, it can change an artist's career. You, you get a good sync license placement in a TV show that's that's quite popular or a film that's quite popular and it can change your, your career. We see you know, streams on Spotify or Apple Music going up by the tens of millions when it, when a good placement is placed. Um, it, it, is, it is a big part of the industry, but funny enough, it's a very small, 
town in a way. It's a very small village in a way that the, the, the people that work in sync licensing, there's not many of them that are really controlling the main majority of placements. We, we at Sync Lodge, we've estimated there's about 20,000 music supervisors globally. And about 5,000 of those are really actually professional. And what we mean by that are doing con consistently professional productions. And um, but it's really under a thousand, somewhere around 800 globally that are really doing this rock star work. They're really doing the main productions. They're really managing the main portion of sync licensing. And so with that is a problem. Right? And the problem is the creator's number in the, we think you know, somewhere around 10 million, maybe more. Right? It dep depends on the statistics you read. Some say it's it's uh, 15 million, some say it's 7 million. So we'll, we'll go for 10. 10 million creators trying to get sync placements from 800 music supervisors. That's a problem, right? Okay, so how, 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 do we, how do we navigate that? You know, being a creator myself, you know, in the early 2000s, I was uh, CD sales going down. How am I going to actually fill the gap? It was suggested to me sync licensing. I've been, I've been around sync licensing in the 90s and, and the late 80s, but I hadn't really thought about it that much for myself. And started doing it and going to conferences and such. And it is it can have quite a dramatic financial and for your career dramatic Im impact but the what, what i the, it started i started really realizing that the people that were music supervisors are very creative people you know the, the, i've met many of them i've said quite a few of them are good friends of mine very nice people creative and they are inundated with, please listen to my music. Please, you know, place my music in your blah, blah, blah. Okay, so one of the first things to put on the table is that 90% of the time, the music supervisor does not have the choice of the music that they are choosing. Right? The producer, the showrunner, the director, there is some other creative on the visual production side, some other creative person that is saying, this is the mood I want. This is the sort of thing I'm looking for. Find it for me. Right? And, and I, I know quite a few music supervisors that, that say, I have a favorite band, independent band or group or mus musician artist, and I, one of their group, their CDs or one of their, 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 their collection of songs that I really like, I'm waiting for the day to place something from it. And that is a real telltale sign, right? Because it's not really, they do. They are the employee by the visual production company. And the big part of what they're doing is clearing the music that the visual production, you know, the producer, director, showrunner is asking them to find. So, the, you know, it can be a specific song. We want to place this song in this scene. Okay, let's clear it for me talk to the copyright holders and get it cleared or they're saying we're looking for this sort of mood it's this sort of this sort of thing we want you know this kind of lyrics we want lyrics to have this sort of thing we want this sort of instrumentation we want this sort of beat we want it to be happy sad in between you know tension 
And so one of the things of dealing with music supervisors is to understand that, is, is to really have an appreciation that they are not the person necessarily, just because they like your music doesn't mean they can place it. Right? And because they don't, they, they don't place it doesn't mean they don't like it. And, and getting getting a feeling for that is, is I think is very crucial and having the understanding also that if you're one of 10 million right, that, 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 that's a tough thing to swallow sometimes right it doesn't mean you should give up doesn't be there's a lot of placements and the, the industry is booming right it's, it's going crazy in many countries there's a, there's localized video on demand streaming services plus the big giant ones it's it's incredible right now what's going on in sync licensing but just realize that if you are one of 10 million then the question is, how do you actually build? And the thing is building relationships. And how do you build that relationship? The people that they reach out to on a regular basis is because of the relationship they built with them. And there's a point in the early stages where they didn't know that person. Right? They had never heard of them. They never talked to them. Something happened to start planting the seed for that relationship to grow. And that, that is always the thing to be aware of. You know, it's the long game in sync licensing. And and being impatient about it, that, that won't get you anywhere. <laughs> right? That, you know, you have to be, I, I call it um, patiently persistent. Okay? So, so there, there are a couple sort of basic etiquette rules that, that I found works very well. And, and one is only, only reach out to them when you have something new to offer. And don't, you know, don't make it like an email blast. It's, it's a lot better to, send, to focus on one person specifically and send them an email that's personalized for them and you know what they're working on, you know what their styles are and really talk to that person as a human being than to send out to a hundred or a thousand different potential contacts and email blasts. This, this is nobody reads those. Nobody's really interested in those, right? That this is, this is a thing to be weary of. So there's a lot of homework to be done. When I, when I started my sync licensing boutique agency, the first placement I received was because I was watching a movie and at the end of the credits listed the music supervisor and I read the movie and I thought the music was great. And there's a few scenes. I just thought, Oh man, that's so cool. That's really worked. So I just sent the person an email just saying, Hey, I just watched this movie. Well done. Right. And that's scene. That was really great. It just felt excellent. Well done. And in my signature, I didn't mention anything about my agency or anything, but in my signature, it did say, you know, composer, uh, recording artist, uh, sync licensing, one-stop administrator. That's what it said in my signature. She wrote me back saying, well, thank you very much. That's really nice to hear. And I see that, that you're actually involved with, with uh, music production. I'd be interested in hearing what, you what you have so i sent her a link to a, a non-expirable it was a, a dropbox actually at that point it was a dropbox folder 
with just three songs in it, right? No more, just three songs, right? And it didn't expire. She could stream it. She could download it. And about six weeks later, she wrote me back saying, I'd like to place this one song. I didn't get in touch with her in between, right? Just left it with her, right? And she placed the one song, and then she asked me for other things. And over the next two years, I placed a lot of music with her. And I was also representing other artists and other record labels. But the point is, is I didn't try to sell her anything. I dealt with her as a human being. And a big part of it is understanding that, that if you hard sell, it's like, it's like if you walk into a clothing store and you're just browsing, you're just seeing what they have. And there's this salesperson that comes up that asks you what you want and tries telling you, oh, we have this and we have that and we have this. And you go, no, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not really, I just leave me alone and let me browse. Right? And it's that sort of feeling. And, and the other thing is, is very boring. It's metadata. Okay, and it's having everything together before you actually reach out. This is this is such a big thing. Right? Um, I've seen it many times where music supervisor likes a song, they want to use it, they look at the who actually owns it, they look at the metadata, and it's not complete. And they look at this database and it says one thing, they look at another database, it says another thing. And they say, okay, well, I don't have time for that. A lot of sometimes they have hours, sometimes they have days, rarely they have weeks. It's usually you know, with a few days that they have to actually get this together and, and say, okay, this is pre cleared. What do you think about this, Mr. Producer? Right? They are on those sort of timelines. Right? So if there's any indiscrepancies, any omissions, any anything that looks not right in the splits or who actually owns it, who who owns the publishing, who the songwriters are, who owns the recording. Right? Without having that, all that together, then it's a lot of times it's okay, move on to the next song. And the unfortunate thing about that is that the independents usually are the ones that get left behind because the major record labels have their metadata together. Right? They have it all sorted out, right? So they go to the majors and it's okay. Yep, that's all clear. Okay, everything's fine. Okay, it all adds up to 100%. Okay, great. Let's do that. Right? So it is It is a matter of if you're a, an administrator for sync licensing, which means that you have, you're representing an artist, you're representing a, a songwriter, and there's this recording, and you're going to administrate it for sync licensing, make sure you have all the agreements together. Make sure that if there's five songwriters, make sure that you have them all signed off, that you can represent them. Right? Make sure you have that, right? And make sure that, that you have for the recording side, that you actually have it all legally set up. And it's, it's a lot of work, and it's a pain in the ass, for sure. For sure. But if you don't do that, they're not going to knock again. That's the thing. 10 million to 800, right? That's the thing. They're not going to knock again. They're very rarely will they come back to you if you don't have your stuff together when they first knock, right? So that, that that's part of it. The metadata is, is a big thing. And having the contracts, a lot of times they won't ask you for proving that you have authority, right? But you better have authority. Because if you don't have it signed off and somebody else that says, okay, well, actually, I wrote 10% of that song 
and I didn't like the deal and nobody talked to me and they only got $500 for it and I want $5,000 now, right? And, and that just blows you away from them. That That is, that puts you in the black book. That, that just makes it so that you are, you know, it's very hard to come back from that sort of thing. So it's, it's very, very important because the music supervisor's career is on the line. It's not that they have to be, they're, they're being difficult about it. It says, if they drop the ball on that side and somebody else stands up after something is released and says, actually, I have rights over that and nobody talked to me about it, right? And I, nobody has, has authority to, to sign from my side. Then that music supervisor is not going to work for that visual production company again. There's a good chance they won't actually be a music supervisor anymore. Right, that's the thing that they are worried about. Right, so appreciate that element of it. Right? And then the last thing is in the fees, license fees. Okay, so you know, huge, huge amount of scope on the license fees. You know, you see them for the hundreds, you see them for the hundred thousands. Right? When you, the big thing about dealing with sync licensing is relationship building. So at, at first, especially at first, do not negotiate or try to negotiate on the fees. When the music supervisor says, I have this much money to pay for this usage, this spot, just let them. Don't, don't try to be smart about it. Don't try to say, maybe I can get a few more hundred out of it. Don't do that. Right? They have a budget. They don't make any extra money out of saving money out of your license. If they get your license for this much and they could have got it for this much, they're not going to. They they they're not going to make the, the the difference. Right? It's not it's not in their pocket at all. So it's not in their interest. Right? They have a set budget. They try to balance it through the, the different spots in the visual production. Right? So that, and when you build up a relationship. You can get in those conversations, right? But be be very careful about that. Unless, of course, it's a very famous song or it's a very famous artist. Right? If it's one of those two things, then you can actually talk about the publishing on this song. will say, actually, no, <laughs> we, we do not do it for that price. Or the, the artist might say, no, we don't do it for that price. Right? One thing that I, I would advise just for personal integrity of, of, of showing who you are is the content that it's being used in. Yeah. If you don't agree with the content, if it's a scene that you don't like, if you find the scene offensive or, you know, and I have seen where a vegan artist just did not want to have her music played in a scene that people are barbecuing meat in the backyard. She just didn't want that. That was cool. That was fine, right? That that that, that is integrity. That that's okay. Right? Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Are there any questions? No, there actually aren't any questions as yet. But I'll just let the listening audience know to feel free if you do have any questions, you can post it in the chat. You know, we're listening. At, uh, watching sorry <laughs> but you can go ahead uh, continue mm -hmm. okay and then, then I'll, I'll actually go on into um the my company then so 
we have, uh, I'm the CEO, as Ladira said, I'm the CEO of Sync Lodge, and we are a sync licensing management ecosystem. So what that means is we have built a set of tools for all stakeholders in sync licensing to manage all elements of sync licensing. And there's also a portal for copyright holders, independent artists are just as welcome as major record labels. And the way it works is there's no membership fees. There's no sign-up fees. Okay. It doesn't cost you anything to join sync, sync lodge at all. Okay. And we do not curate. So what that means is you do not load up your music, you do not load up your catalog into Sync Lodge. What you do is you tell us who you are. You tell us where you registered with your, and you want to be registered with your PRO, your performance royalty organization. So in the US, that's ASCAP and BMI. There's a few other private ones too. In the UK, that's PRS for music and PPL UK. Every country has them. Some have more than one. Maybe you want to make sure that you, you register properly. You tell us on the publishing side, if you represent that, or also on the, on the recording side, the master side, if you represent that, where you registered, what your ID numbers are, and what your territory of authority is. Okay. And then we verify, we, we verify every member of Sync Lodge. And we have had it where we phoned up offices to say this person is registering saying they're representing your company we don't see any evidence of that on your website or on linkedin or on blah 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 and we ask them to confirm that this person has the authority to represent and we make sure the company has the authority to represent the catalog and then once you're authorized and you log into sync lodge and you hit the catalog button you will see your full catalog as registered through the pros through all the publishing and also your full catalog registered for all the recordings, including on the streaming platforms, on all the streaming platforms globally. So you'll be able to see where your catalog is and what the information is regarding your catalog. Okay, so this is a nice tool for actually seeing, okay, why is this saying that? And we've seen this where instead of the record company name, it's all on the Japanese the digital streaming platform. It says that the record company name is actually the artist name. And what happens when metadata is not correct? Money doesn't flow. So you're getting you're getting lots of plays in Japan, but you're not getting any money because instead of a record company name or instead of a publishing name, you've got the wrong information there, right? And so our system lets lets you look at that. But the main point is you don't load it up. And if you release something new and you put it through the proper registration through your PRO. Or your CMO, which is like a sound exchange in the states, you, you register it properly with them. It updates it automatically as soon as they search inside our system. And our system, they can search all the publicly released music globally. So if your music is available publicly, they can find it. And our our motto is that if your music is suitable for a placement, it should be considered. Right. Right. This is something right. that, that, yeah. Well, I actually do have a question for you. Um, let's say for someone who's actually a new user and, um, you know, they're trying out their first few artists and they actually enter in the information incorrectly, you know, um, 
is your program or software something that would uh, is user friendly you know to assist them with that issue well what 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 you do is you you come in and you say okay under publishing there's a big blue button right you press on that and you search for your your publishing company name right the the, the name of the company that you're registering with it'll automatically search for that and you'll see it in there okay and if you if you say okay actually i have two or three publishing companies Right, then you can search for other ones. Or if it's if it doesn't come up, you can say actually, okay, I spell it. I, I, I actually publishing. I've registered with with ASCAP under this name, and that's the important thing. How you registered with your PRO like ASCAP, use that name, not not your artist name. And you can just search inside it and say, yeah, that's me. Okay, that's me. And then the, 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 under publishing, there is a, a number that's called the IPI number. And this is something that your PRO like ASCAP does, they give it to you. So if when you go into your account on, on ASCAP or BMI or wherever your PRO is, you go in there and you will see it. It says IPI number. And you'll see that. Okay. And you want to copy that and paste that in to Sync Lodge. Is this my IPI number? And that's how th this is a, a very important number. This is your, you know, like, Okay, I have quite a unique name, but um, but still, a lot of people have names that are, there may be five others, there may be a thousand others. Yeah. David Jones is one of the most popular ones. That's why David Bowie changed his name to David Bowie, right? because David Jones was a way too popular name. And so you you they cannot identify you with just your name. So you need this IPI number. Right. And this is this is, it's there. They they issue it to you when you register with your PRO. Right. And the, the, some people have asked me, okay, so do I need to register with my PRO and with with my CMO, which is a Sound Exchange? And there's also the MLC, Mechanical Licensing Collective in the states. Do I need to register with them? And the question that I come up with is, why are you looking for a sync license? What, 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 what do you want out of this? And okay, there's marketing, but there's also revenue, right? You wanna make some money, right? Okay, so the sync license most of the time for independent artists is very much smaller than the actually broadcast revenues that you receive from it. Okay, if you're not pop properly registered with your PRO like ASCAP or your CMO like Sound Exchange and the MLC, you're missing out on a lot of revenue. Okay, you 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 can have this placement, and the money is going to come in. They're going to collect it. They're going to put it in what's called a black box, which I think is a really stupid name because a black box in an airplane is the thing that knows everything. The black box on 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 the music world is the box where the money goes where people don't know who to pay to. Okay, that's what they call it. So it goes in the black box. It, it sits there for three years. If you don't claim it, it goes out to the top market shareholders, divided up by. Now in the states, just for streaming revenue. It's over $250 million a year that's put into black boxes by the streaming companies from streams that, that originate from the United States. $250 million. And that is not the major record label's money. 
because they've got all their metadata sorted, right? This is the independent artist money, right? And it sits there for three years. And after three years, they go, okay, nobody claimed it. We're going to give it to Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers. That's who we're going to give it to. That's exactly what happens, right? And it's the same the same thing that happens with your PRO, with the ASCAP, with, with your CMO, Sound Exchange. Collect the money in. They don't know who to pay it. And the funny thing is, if if you have, say you have five people that own the copyrights on a recording, four people are registered properly, oh, that's cool. One person not, that stops the money flow. It's not fair, right? But that stops the money flow. The money will sit there until that fifth person, that last percentage point is actually covered. Who do we pay that to? Then they let go of all the money for that recording, for that placement of that broadcast, right? It's estimated that it's about $2 billion a year just in the UK alone that is held and in black boxes. $2 billion a year, right? So so metadata, 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 boring as hell, right? Nobody wants to deal with it, but do spend your time and deal with it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have a note here. Sync Lodge. I know there are a lot of other softwares that actually do the same thing with sync licensing. And I'd like to know, you know, what competitive edge do you offer with your services? You know, just to let the listening audience know, you know, uh, for those who may be shopping around or using more than one, um, you know, for the music supervisors who may be listening or those independent you know, artists who do manage themselves, you know, what would be okay. your competitive um, edge here? Okay, well, great question. Great question. I love this question too, because we, we don't compete, right? We cooperate. So there, there, we, we are, you know, there, there's a lot of libraries out there. There's a lot of agents, right? And they, they do really good work, right? And there's uh, with nothing against them. They have connections. They have, they have systems of working with music supervisors, and the relationships are very strong. This is this is all very good. We we are not exclusive in any way. We we if you are if you have music on a library, if you have an agent that that's dealing with some of your music, okay, you can still register with SyncLodge, and they should be registered with SyncLodge as well. Right? We are like I said before, we're not a marketplace or an agency. We are you know, the the, be, the best way to to describe us is we are the roads. And you guys have trucks full of produce and you're delivering it to different places. We don't care what the produce is. We don't care what you're delivering, right? We're just the roads. We're just the tools to get you there, right? right? So, you know, and the fact that it doesn't cost any money to register is not exclusive, right? It's, it's totally all, all basically we focus on the visual production companies. This is our main focus and the music supervisors and their needs. So we built a huge set of tools for them to manage every aspect of sync licensing, administrative tools as well as creative tools. Right? And so when they're looking for music, they can find all the world's music through our system. The people that are registered with our system, they will see, okay, here's all the contact information. They're verified. Right? We have, we can, we can deal with them directly through the system. We do not. Well, one of one of the, the the things for independence to understand is that it's a scary world out there for music supervisors. 
if I find a piece of music and I, I really like it, I don't know the band. Okay, there's a little independent record company involved with it. Okay, I email them and I say, hey, you know, I really like this music. I'd like to use it for this placement, blah, blah, blah. I'm all, now I'm actually exposed to that to that person or that company. They have my contact information. Um, and I'm already getting about 100 emails a day from copyright holders asking me to listen to their music. Um, and is this person, this company going to be a problem? Are they going to be cool or are they going to be a problem? I don't know. Do I want to take that chance? A lot of times they, music supervisors stick to a small group of content holders or sync administrators that they have a good relationship with. And they know they're not going to phone them up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, why didn't you reply to my email last week because I sent you my new playlist? And that has happened. Right? That has happened. Okay. So with, with SyncLodge, they, they can reach out to you, and they're not exposing themselves. You can only deal with them as a copyright administrator, copyright owner, on that one specific issue. Okay, you can talk to them back and forth. You can negotiate. You can do the deal. You can do all that. After that, unless they want to connect with you on SyncLodge, you cannot reach out to them. It gives them a protection. Okay, but then they know who you are, and maybe maybe they, they can connect with you, and then you can communicate back and forth quite freely, and there's a whole communication system built inside. Right? But it gives them this, this protection, which also gives the, the independent copyright holders, it makes them more accessible in a way. I can actually, you know, there's this, I love this this artist. That there's, I only find five of their songs, and it's just great. And I don't know who the hell they are, and they might be kind of weirdo. Maybe they live down the street, and they're going to start stalking me. I don't know, but I can reach out to them through Sync Lodge, and I can deal with them on that this music. And if it works out cool, then we can build a relationship. If it doesn't, I don't have to block them. They can't touch me. And it's not like LinkedIn where you can just search. You, for, as a copyright holder, you cannot search for music supervisors, visual production companies inside SyncLodge, but they can search for you. Right? That's the beauty of it. Right? Yeah. So we don't. We feel that we, that we don't really have any competition. We're not really competing. Um, our, our feeling is that you know, coming from a creative side. There was. There still is a lot. There was a lot that needed to be fixed in the sync licensing industry. And our, our, my initial inspiration was, okay, let's fix that, right? Not let's make a whole bunch of money and be kings of the world or anything like that, right? <laughs> you know, let, let's fix it. Let, let's make it so it works and it's yeah. take away the friction, take away the anguish. Let's make it so that, that it's, it's a, if the music is suitable, let's get it placed. Yes, well, I really liked how you answered that, you know, you said that it's not a competition, but it's actually, you know, roads that take you to what you actually want to achieve. And um, ending right there, you know, that was a whole well of knowledge. And I want to thank our listening audience for, uh, for those actually that are going to comment after we finish up streaming as well. You know, for your comments, feel free to reach out to us. And Lionel, I also want to thank you as well. Thank you so much for your time. You know, it was really um, awesome, you know, learning you. and exploring, you know, a little bit more about your business. I know I did my research before, but it was good to actually, you know, hear and learn a little bit more about what you do right. and everything else that 
encumbrance, you know, yourself. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you very much for, for inviting me and for listening. And, and you know, I am very passionate about the whole thing. And so it's, it's nice to have you. Yes, a, yes, I can tell. It, it, again, it sounds as if you can go on for hours and hours and hours. I can. It's, it's so boring, <laughs> actually. Sometimes I can just talk and talk and talk about it. But if anybody has, you know, the one thing is it's SyncLodge.com. So just come and sign up, right? Okay, so, depending on, sometimes it takes a couple of days. We get a lot of people signing up, so it takes a couple of days to vet people. If you have any questions and you want to reach out to me, and I do, people tell me I'm stupid to say this, but I do, I, I do openly offer it. I'm the only Lionel Lodge on LinkedIn. I'm actually the only Lionel Lodge on the internet, so I'm very easy to find. Right. So if you have any questions, reach out to me, ask me. I try to reply on the same day. If I don't, it's nothing personal. Yes, and what I'm actually going to do as soon as we're done with this live, I'm going to share your link, uh, sinklodge.com, just so persons can be able to reach out to you. And Lionel is actually going to be one of our speakers at our Music Beta conference. So this is just a little preview about him. So you'll have the opportunity, you know, to reach out to him even more than and ask him some more questions as well. Yeah, no. So we're going to wrap up this session right now. And once again, thank you, Lionel. Thank you for the listening audience and those of you who are going to tune in afterwards and take care. I'm going to see you again on our next episode live of Music with a Twist Dive Deep Series. Take care. Thank you very much, Lindira. Thank you. Yes, thank Bye -bye. you as well, Lionel. Bye.